You're listening to the Pimp Cron Podcast. Welcome, one and all, to the Pimp Cron Warhammer Podcast, episode 92. And tonight we have lots of things to talk about. We have a correction from Andy via our mailbox, where he corrects us very sternly, might I add. We also have another letter, and that is from Chris, and they ask about, well, Space Marine farts. That's what we're talking about tonight. This is a highbrow show. We also are talking about why they be no naval battles in Warhammer. God knows there is oceans where all these people fight. The planets have water. Why don't we fight on the water? It would be really cool. And I think I have some really neat ideas for that and how that would affect the game. So stay tuned for that. We also have a want that or want that not, but it's a little different than normal. We're actually covering the Deadwalker Zombies, which is a super old kit that GW still has for sale. And I give you my opinion of it. It is truly a love-hate relationship with me and that model set. So we'll see if you agree with me or not. What have I been up to? Well, my season is picking up and I am very busy with work, but I am also waiting for my second copy of the Brutality War blah 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 Brutality Skirmish Wargame rulebook. And hopefully it will be for sale in June. I have my second copy. I'm desperately watching the tracking. And um, like I said, there was a couple little formatting issues I had to fix. So that's what I've done there. And that is very exciting. On the hobby front, let me think. What have I been doing? I've, I've been so busy with work. Well... I did actually get to work on my elemental army. I painted a bunch of fire elementals, which is pretty cool. They're going to be my dark shards. I think they're called dark shards. The crossbow dark elf people. Those are my fire dudes. No, no, no. I'm sorry. That's the wrong unit. I have another fire unit. So the way I broke down these elementals, right, is I decided, well, you know, Cities of Sigma have all these different factions that are kind of inclusive in themselves, but they can also be mixed with other factions. And I really did not want to have to remember, oh, this unit of fire people is actually Darkling Coven, but this unit of fire people is Dwarden or whatever. So what I did is I already have Sylvaneth that will be allied in because I'll be doing Living Cities. And my, oh man, is it Darkling Covens? I think it is. Darkling Covens is fire which has the Sorceress and the Sorceress on the Black Dragon and all that. That is fire, and all the units in that sub-faction are my fire elementals and fiery elemental models. I have a bunch of them. Then I have my... I can't even think of what it is. The Black Ark? The people... The boat people. What, what are they called? The, um... I don't know. I'm dumb. Anyway, the the... Black Ark Corsairs and all of that, the Scourge Runner, I cannot think of what that faction's called, but they're all my water people, and they have a Charybdis in that, and my wife made a freaking sweet giant water elemental the size of, of a Charybdis, and that is going to be in that faction, and water people are also in that faction, so they're all water. 
the assassin and the bow people, shadow people. Man, I am just awful tonight. The people that go with the assassin, there's only two units in that entire sub-faction. The assassin's the hero. And then there's these, like, stalker dudes with a bow and arrow. Yeah, they're all air, which is pretty cool, because I thought, well, the assassin hides in a unit and pops out and assaults you. Well, an invisible air creature would do the same thing. So, obviously, they need to be air. So, they are air. My Dwarden or my Dispossessed are all going to be rock people, and I've painted a bunch of them. And what else? I think that's it. So, I've got earth, fire, water, air, and then I have the Sylvaneth. So, then I know at least if I see a fire hero, and there's a fire unit nearby, I know that that fire hero has the same keyword, which in that case would be Darkling Coven, and he can apply his command traits or whatever to them because I know that you know, they're the same faction. I wouldn't have to keep that straight. It would be really stupid to make a dwarf hero a fire dude and then my dark shards a fire dude and all of that. It would just be dumb. So I'm really, really excited about this. I have a giant beetle from Alariel, and I cannot recall if I've already told you this or not, but... I have the beetle, but I don't have a L'Oreal. So I made the beetle, and I put this energy-looking lady, this spirit lady, in a green Necron crystal. And I put all these leaves and vines and all that. It's basically Gaia, the spirit of the earth. And wherever she throws her shards, the earth comes alive. So if she throws her shards in water, you get water elementals. If she throws it in a fire, you get fire elementals. And all every one of my bases, I from Green Stuff World, I bought a bunch of little green crystals, and each one of my people have at least one crystal on their base, where sh- her shards of crystals are bringing the earth to life and fighting back against chaos. So, I was pretty excited about that. Um, I also had a bit of an issue with my. I told you before that I bought Borg Warband models from Mofidius, I think it is M- Modifius, Modifius that does the Star Trek RPG. Well, now I also have my Starfleet Away team that has shown up from that. And for some reason, I guess it was Mold Release Agent, because these are resin models. Um, I had a really hard time getting primer to stick. So I don't usually wash my models. I know you're supposed to, but I don't usually. And I started brushing on primer onto my Starfleet Away team people, and it literally beads up. Like oil and water, it beads up. And I'm like, that's that's weird. So... I put them in hot water with some Dawn, shake them around and all that, and then I tried to prime it again, and it beads up. So I wash them with hot water and Dawn again, and I prime them, and it beads up. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what is going on here? So I had to look online, and I was like, is there anything else I can do? And here's a pro tip for you, something I just recently learned. You sometimes have to scrub the models with hot water and Dawn with like a toothbrush or something like that. And that's what I did. Once I scrubbed them with Dawn and hot water with a toothbrush, then the primer stuck perfectly. So I guess it just needs... I guess that mold release agent is really stuck on those models sometimes, and it's really hard to get off. And just rinsing it with water and soap just is not going to cut it, unfortunately. But I started painting those guys, and I'm super excited about them. Cannot wait to play another game with them. I did a Borg Cube infiltration mission the other night with my Starfleet guys that were woefully unpainted versus my Borg. And, okay, the Borg kicked my butt. I was playing the AI roles. Borg kicked my butt. But it was super fun. And I used the tiles from the kill team, uh, Death Death Watch Overkill. 
yeah, Death Watch Overkill tiles to make the board cube, and it was really cool. So that is about it for me. Let's get on with the show, and I appreciate everybody for, for listening, and let's do it. Let's open the Tesseract mailbox. I think you already know what time it is because we were just introduced. This is the Tesseract Mailbox, and today I have a letter from Chris via pimpcron at gmail.com. And uh didn't technically say if it was a uh, man or woman, so I'll just say they. They say, Hello, Mr. Pimpcron. First off, I'd like to say that I do love your show, but not much care for your name. Pimps are not really a great thing to base your name off of, but I forgive you. Yes, Chris, I've I've heard this before, but I'm kind of stuck with the name now, so we'll we'll keep going in this message. I just finished the last episode where you cursed that spam emailer and it had me rolling on the floor. I'd like to think that maybe it stuck with her and really dug into her psyche. Like she stopped being a scammer, beca- becomes religious, builds a church or something. I feel like you were playing the long game with that curse. So, enough fanfare. I've got a question for you. Do you think Space Marines' farts creep up in their suits and into their nostrils? It's completely an encased suit. Maybe the sergeants don't wear helmets for this exact reason. They can't stand their own colonic gases. Just food for thought, as you love to say, toodles, Chris. Well, thank you, Chris, for sharing that. That is not something I've ever actually thought about, because... The question has been brought up quite a bit about Space Marines pooping in their suits. But I've never actually thought of or heard the question, do they fart in their suit? And what exactly happens to them when they do? And I'm assuming that you probably meant that question as a joke, but I decided to actually look up and see what's going on. So, according to the internet and those people that type words on them, the Space Marines have, like, a metabolism that will metabolize 99% of what they ingest, and they have very little byproduct, but what little byproduct they do have th- gets processed into edible food from their suit. Now, some of this is in question whether or not it is actually canon or not, because some of the things that people are... Um, basing their information off of apparently was the first Space Marine novel, a 40k novel named Space Marine, and it has an Imperial Fist chaplain, and he's pooping in the story. And essentially, he's at a confessional, and people are confessing their sins to him. This is when Space Marines were a little more personable. And these Space Marines are confessing their sins, and he listens to the sins, and he poops out the sin. And somebody claims that he then picks it up and eats it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Chris. Okay. Uh, I'm assuming that the suit is pretty tight on them. And clearly they have all sorts of ports and cables and, you know, whatever. They've got layers of, of things. So I'm assuming the suit is too tight for them to smell their own farts. And it would make you feel like if they're super, super metabolistic, if that's a word, of their food, if they really metabolize their food well, that you would give off a lot of gas, wouldn't you? Because, like, a car engine just gives off, you know, a really efficient car engine gives off, you know, CO2 and and water or whatever. So I feel like, yes, they would produce a lot of gas. I don't know, personally. Supposedly, chaplains can poop sin, and the Space Marines can, like, 
I guess reaching a little compartment and ate their poop. I don't know. I just don't know. Uh, they also said that the diets of Space Marines are very bland and very regimented. So, I mean, maybe a little a little poop nugget would be kind of a, a nice treat, you know? It's... <laughs> it's <laughs> I t- Chris, you got me on this one. Okay, I, I, I just don't know. I... I mm. Okay, well, that's that's enough of that. Um, I have a bone... Uh, thank you for writing in, Chris. I greatly appreciate it. And you've stumped me, okay? We are going to go with... No, the gas can't go up, up to them for them to smell it. Let's assume that. Or that their diet is so regulated that they don't have much exhaust from it because it would be bland and very nutritional, but not greasy or something. Anyway, I I just don't know. I give up. Thank you, Chris, for the question, because that has really stumped me. And I wanted to also mention a quick mention from our buddy Andy, who messaged in via uh, Facebook and facebook.com slash bumpcrown. And this is about last podcast as far as finding new blood for your group. And we claimed that you would have a hard time finding new people if you played out of your basement or whatever you wanted to keep your group alive. And his comment was, good podcast today. I think new blood is good for a group. You can get new people when playing out of a basement. Our mutual friend Christopher Tabor across the Chesapeake Bay from me uh chris has new people come quite often in today's age of social media apps like facebook and meetup really help get new blood into a group and you know that's kind of funny that andy says this because he really does point out a blind spot in our analysis of that because we live in kind of a black hole for gaming as i've said a million times we live in a very rural area so we are thrilled to have the 12-ish people that we have in our group, 12 to 15, and that's like a miracle, honestly. We have to be the biggest group in within uh, 100 miles, probably. But the difference is, if you live in a suburban area or an urban area, you have all of these digital ways to contact people, and even if you are playing out of your basement, then you can still get new people to join you. It's just not something that usually occurs to people in this area, because we just have such a low population that it's not likely that you would ever find anybody via Facebook or whatever anyway to play with. You got to meet at a local store or something like that. But Andy brings up a perfectly valid point. Thank you for correcting us, Andy. And thank you for writing in, Chris. Want that or want that not? Now, this is going to be a little bit different of a Tesseract mailbox, and the reason why is that I will be reviewing a very, very old kit from GW, and part of the reason why I'm covering one of these kits is because I really am shocked they have not redone this whole box set. What am I talking about? The Deadwalker Zombies, of course. Number one, I noticed it's got a really cute rename, Deadwalker Zombies. Nice. I like it. Used to just be zombies. It's whatever. But, and by the way, I got to mention, it's $35 and you get 20 freaking zombies, right? 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, yes, 20. 20 Deadwalker zombies for 35 bucks. Not a bad deal at all. My problem here is that these Deadwalker zombies are extremely dated. I mean, extremely. They have to be 20 years old and they certainly look 20 years old. 
These Deadwalker zombies have a couple positives to them, though. The They come with a ton of different options, different torsos, different legs, different heads, different weapons, different arms, a ton of stuff, and really no two of your zombies will look the same. Some of them are disemboweled and have guts hanging out, and some of them have this cute little sweater tied around their neck, which is just weird to me. And it looks like some of them still have their beard, yeah, some of them still have their beard. So you've got tons of options. Some have scythes, some have pitchforks, some have blades. One dude has a, I guess he's the musician, has this, I guess it's a drum, but it's like a noisemaker. He's got this bone and this plate with a the skin of a face stretched over it, and I guess he just bangs it. It's interesting, and I really want to love this box because I have lots of zombies. I own... I don't know, maybe a hundred zombies or so. And of course, the zombies I own are these. But even the ones I own, I'm like, gosh, they're kind of derpy. And it's hard to put your finger on it because when painted well, they actually look pretty nice. But eventually, I have realized there's a couple things that really make these look dated. Every single one of their heads are actually pretty good. I actually think they could re-release the entire thing and have the same heads, and you'd be perfectly fine. The legs are quite nice, so everything's fine there. The torsos are very nice and very varied. <laughs> They're very varied, where, um, like I said, you know, all the different outfits and some of them are shirtless and all that. So what is the issue? Well, the issue is they have giant cartoonish hands. Giant hands. Like the old Jerry Seinfeld episode, Man Hands. Every one of these zombies have massive hands that could easily completely cover their own face. And I'm assuming because this was, you know, a very old set in plastic, I'm assuming that maybe hands were one of the harder things for them to make small and intricate and detailed in their old molds and their old technology. But their hands are atrocious. If you try to use one of their hands like people often do, like a, I don't know, an arm coming out of a grave or a dismembered arm laying on the ground or whatever, because I've done this with kit bashes and stuff, it's always terrible because you're like, why is this hand so massive compared to the arm? And that really is one of the things that needs to be changed about this kit. The other thing is that also needs to be changed about this kit is their shoulder connections. Now, I'm not asking that they go to the one one pose, the mono pose castings like they love to do now, but I am asking that they make the arms look better because essentially each torso, you can't see this really in the pictures, but um, I own them, so I know what they're like. The torsos have like these little nubbies on either side, and then the shoulders of the arms have like a little, you know, concave area, and they just glue together. The little shoulder nubby and the, the, the actual shoulder glue together. But the problem is, it actually makes, where they meet, it makes the top of the shoulder of their arm higher than where their trapezoids are. And it's just... I. It, I would say it looks cartoony. It doesn't even look cartoony. It just looks off. It all it looks very off. So between their big hands, their giant man hands, and their horrible shoulder joints, 
this unit needs to be redone. Their weapons don't look too bad. I mean, admittedly, their weapons are a little thick. All of the blades, and this is another sign of the times, them being older models and all of that, you'll notice that all of their blades are quite thick. And that's just... If you look at any of those old models, that's the way they are. They're just thick blades. They couldn't really cast uh, thin blades, to my knowledge. And that's probably the same issue they had with their hands. That's why the hands are so gigantic. Cartoonishly gigantic. But if they're painted well, they still look really good. And my fear, if they were to redo this set, is that they would make them monopose, which would piss me off, like the Poxwalkers are all monopose. And they would lose some of their camp because they do have this sort of campy look to them. They look like the old school Night of the Living Dead zombies. They don't look like the 28 Days Later run-in zombies. They don't even look like Walking Dead zombies. They have this certain campy look to them. I just kind of wish that they would recast the entire arm in hand because if they did that, they would be perfect. And matter of fact, I don't think I've ever seen anybody do it but I'm curious what it would look like if you kept their really good heads, their really good torso, and their really good legs, and got arms from somewhere else. If I'm trying to think of another kit that has bare arms. I mean, catachins, but you really don't want your zombies jacked like that. So, uh, I'm having a hard time thinking of any bare arms, but the point is... These have amazing potential, and honestly, of all the old model kits, I really don't think most of it needs to be redone. And I also don't want them to be monoposed because I like them all being varied poses. You can pose them however you want, arms up, arms out, whatever, because that little knobby on the shoulder allows for a pivot point. It's not like the... well, let's bring up catechins again. The catechin arms have a flat side, and their torsos have a flat side, and that's where they connect. It, you can't really make an, a catechin do the chicken dance. You know, you can't raise their elbow at all. These guys, you actually can raise their arms in almost, I was going to say 360, but you get what I'm saying. In, up, out, around, back, front, whatever. And um, so I'm impressed by that, but that's about where that ends for those arms. Those arm connections are terrible, and those arms are con- terrible. I would also be interested to see if anybody ever cuts those knobbies off and just makes the shoulder go down just a hair so you don't have it above the trap. Nobody's shoulders goes over their trapezoids, people. They just don't. It's it's ridiculous. Anyway, it's really hard for me to say I want that or want that not for this model or for this model kit. Uh, I would say that I do want this. And it's not necessarily a want that not because, like I said, the majority of the kit actually really holds up after 20 years. But replace those arms, GW, and then it will be a 100% want that. In this case, it's a want that with reservations. But 20 zombies for 35 bucks, like, you, you really can't beat that. I don't know where you would get that many zombies for such a low price. So, I guess that'll push it. Okay, fine, GW, fine. You twisted my shoulder knobby and I will say I do want that but seriously redo this kit now it's time for real talk with Pimp Cron. 
unless you just missed it, you already know that this is Real Talk with the Pimpcron, and tonight I have an idea, an idea that may change the game and change the meta of the game. So a long time ago, I had a reader comment on one of my articles, and he said that he thought it was very unrealistic that artillery pieces in the game, like basilisks or medusas or whatever, you know, normally those those guns are miles behind the front lines. They're not, you know, within two feet of the troops or whatever. So he said that he actually plays with a separate two-foot-by-two-foot board where he deploys his artillery and only other artillery or aircraft can attack that artillery because it's so far behind the lines. And that got me thinking. I was thinking, wow, that would actually be pretty cool if you had something like that. And then it got me thinking, why are there no naval battles in Warhammer 40k? I mean, Age of Sigmar too, but I'm talking about 40k specifically. They're, most of these planets, if they're ha- habitable, I almost said habitable, habitable, they will be covered in at least some water, you would assume. Uh, maybe I'm being Earth-centric here, but you feel like there'd be some water for life to survive. And these, there are a few stories like uh, Tal fighting, I think it was Space Wolves or somebody underwater, which is pretty cool in one of the codexes. There's occasional comments about underwater fighting and things like that, but by and large, GW pretty much just ignores the fact that a lot of these planets have oceans. And do you know how awesome it would be to have artillery pieces like gun platforms or destroyers or whatever you want to call them? I don't think destroyers is the right word. I'm not a naval guy. Point being, if you had these gun platforms that were way off into the distance in the water and you would be able to rain fire onto the battlefield. Now, you might say, look, we don't have 15 feet, 15 foot boards, Pempcron. Like, how are you going to enable this? Well, I've already got that covered, Grasshopper. What you would do is you would get a... So first off, they need to start selling ships for all the different factions. And just like the introduction of airplanes was a huge deal back in... You know, when the Flyers actually became a Flyer class in 6th edition. That was a huge game changer. And it really changed how the game, you know, suddenly you have special rules that target only flyers and, you know, you have squadrons of flyers and things like that. It really changed the game. Well, they really haven't added anything else after that. With the exception, I suppose, of Lords of War and Super Heavies, they have added that into the game since flyers. But that's really where they stopped. We do have formations, or at least we did have formations and things like that. But as far as new types of models, I think we are kind of missing out. So they have terrain pieces now for some things, like the Octolith or whatever the Chaos guys have, that ring, that stone ring with the platform that helps psychers and whatnot. And we have bunkers, and we have the Tau wave tide, whatever the heck that's called. We have lots of different terrain features, but we don't have anything that is, I guess you would say offensively capable, but also somewhat untouchable. Flyers are the closest to that. So what GW could do is start making water models for all the different races. And essentially they would be like little boats or things like that. And like for the Tyranids, that would be really cool. You start making aquatic Tyranids, 
where I'm getting ahead of myself, but when the aquatic tyranids are like some giant kraken and they have like a nine inch range where they can, if someone gets near the shore, they can jump out and like eat them. That would be freaking awesome. And then like the creature slides back into the shore. But what you would do, how I would implement this is instead of actually having a separate two foot by two foot board, I would have every ship come with a, hmm, how do I say this? Do you guys know about how the Realm of Battle boards are made where the, remember it's the GW, the six sections, two foot by two foot terrain battle boards before battle mats were a thing. And you can make hills because there's four different squares in this battle board and each one of them has a hill in the corner of it. So each one of them has one corner of the square covered in hill. And if you wanted to make like a hill in the very middle of the board rather than on the edges, you can actually put all four of those corners together and make a hill. Well, that is somewhat similar to what I was thinking about for these water ships. These water ships would each come with, and you'd have to figure out the size. I haven't come up with a size yet. Maybe a six inch by six inch triangle. And it comes with two triangles that is clear blue plastic like water. And essentially, you would have rules where you can deploy it on any board edge. You could either use the the triangle square and put it in the corner of the board. The water is right on the edge of the board. They're just essentially on the coast or whatever. Or you could put both of the triangles together so that it would make, like, let's say, a semicircle or a half circle. And you could put that on any board edge on the left or right side. So essentially, you're making water where there is none and that would be just part of the the allure of this these ships so essentially they're right off the coast shooting now you may want to do some sort of rule where they can't be shot or you know the distance to them can never be shorter than 24 inches or something like that for ranged purposes so that you actually could shoot them or maybe make it so that they're just a representation and you can't shoot them it'd be one of those things where the model doesn't actually move it sits there on that designated area and it shoots or it fires or in the tyranid case like it it, you know can assault within nine inches or whatever but the boat doesn't actually assault the creature doesn't actually assault it just sits there and it has attacks of certain ranges it could be a gun platform that shoots missiles and whatever but you might be wondering what exactly makes this different. Well, the difference would be is that the existence of the boat on the battlefield, the actual table is somewhat symbolic. It's really far, far, far off. And you would be able to make an artillery piece that was not able to be assaulted because it would have some sort of special rule where the water around the ship it you know soldiers can't go through that or whatever there's currents or it's too deep or people don't know how to swim i don't know you you just figure it out for yourself but the point is is that it would be really neat like a basilisk or medusa or something like that they can always be assaulted you have to be concerned about deep strikers coming in and assaulting this thing but if you had water all around this ship and it could shoot and it could be shot but you could not assault it, that would be pretty big on the defensive front of a model. So it would help it be much more durable. And I really think that would be really neat, and I would love to see some of the 
models that GW could come up with that are aquatic models. That would be really cool. And um, I, I think it would add a lot to the game. And just like flyers can't be assaulted by normal troops, well, the boat can't be assaulted by normal troops either. You would either need, you know, jump troops or you would need troops with some sort of aquatic abilities that can swim or whatever. And who knows? I mean, you could actually... What if you played with a river on the board and you could actually move the boat up the river, but it couldn't be assaulted as long as there's water between it and the people? Like, that would be pretty cool. I know a little bit of suspension of disbelief is needed for that, but it would be pretty cool, I think. And like I said, I'm just excited to see what GW could do. I mean, we've seen what their flyers look like. Why not little boats? I would be... I would love to see little boats. And... It's funny because the Chimeras in Imperial Guard used to have the aquatic assault rule where they weren't slowed down if you went over water terrain like a river or a lake. And it was very rarely ever, it rarely ever came into play. It was very rarely used. And I always thought that's such a weird rule because water doesn't really play a part in this. But you know these planets have water and water warfare definitely is a thing. So... It would just be neat. And, uh, you know, the more we saw this, it'd be kind of cool because these triangles would snap together. So you would be able to maybe extend it and bring two or three ships and can snap together all their water to make a larger section of water off the side of the board or just whatever you feel like. But it would be a really neat addition to this game. And honestly, I think that's all they're missing. I mean, they really couldn't add space, like, oh, satellites in orbit. You can't really do that as far as a model's concerned. Sure, they've got orbital bombardments, and you could make rules for, oh, I paid 50 points for a satellite in space, you know, something like that. But they're a miniature company, and they want to sell miniatures. So I really feel like this would be a really, really cool thing to do. And it would be a completely different type of artillery unit. And it would also give you some variety because some units would have aquatic rules where, hey, the aquatic water train doesn't affect us or whatever. And that was my idea. So I hope you enjoyed that. And uh, food for thought, let's start a petition because I want to see GW design boats. That would be awesome. And then it could even blossom into actual naval warfare. Man, that would be awesome. <laughs>